Have you ever wondered what it's like inside a swingers club? Are you curious about the swinger, open, or poly relationship models? Don't know where to start? Well, today we have some guests that are going to have you swinging from the chandelier by the end of this episode. They are the creators of the Open Love 101 Lifestyle Organization and Podcast. Together, this power couple has over 35 years combined experience in consensual non-monogamy. And for over a decade, they have coached hundreds of couples in educating them on the swinger lifestyle. Please welcome Jackie and John of Open Love 101. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. So welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. What a great intro. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I was like, who's who better to like dip their toe inside of the world of a smorgas club than people who own four of them? You actually own four clubs, right? Yes. We've been in the uh Swinger club business for 25 plus years, I guess. Wow. Actually, wow. Yes, yeah, quite the a while. Swinger club business. <laughs> I know. That's <laughs> I want to be, I want to be able to say that one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. We, we get this question a lot. So we were so excited to have you on the podcast because so often we get this asked, asked this question. You know, we're in Los Angeles, so I think people assume there's just sex parties galore out here, and there kind of is. But there's people from all over the country and even the world listening, and they have no idea where to start, how to look for it, how to create a community, Um, you know, because Madison and I, we obviously have dabbled in this world, as our listeners know, and community makes such a big difference. So I would love to hear your guys' story. Can you tell us your story, like... How did you dip your toe into the swingers world? Like, how did you start an opening relationship going from that to now owning four swingers club, which is so amazing? Yeah. So I'll start because I actually started the business before Jackie and I got together. Even though we've known each other since high oh. school, we didn't get together till later in life. So really? Uh, oh my God. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've been like this all my life. I just didn't know what to call it. People would say, what's with you? I'm like, I don't know. I just like this kind of, you know, the threesomes and the orgies. And I early in, you know, in my late teens, I didn't really have a uh, strictly monogamous relationship. I was never mm-hmm. taught that that was, I don't know. I just, I felt like that, the, what I was doing was the right way. It just felt right for me. And you'd mentioned earlier, finding your truth. You know, my, that's my, my truth is that that's who I am. And later yeah. in life, I, I owned a, I owned a nightclub in the mid nineties. And I went to Amsterdam and I went to a swingers club there. And I was like, whoa, oh this is what God. I am. <laughs> Amsterdam. <laughs> my people. <laughs> <laughs> this, now this is a party. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really how it started. Then I was like, that is a great business model. And since that's what I am, I'm going to start opening clubs that cater to people like me. And that began my journey with the swinger club industry. I had a club in Atlanta one in Tampa, and now we've grown to, uh, we had a club in Dominican Republic for a while, uh, oh, New wow. Orleans, Dallas, Austin, Houston. Uh, yeah, that's it, I guess. Looking to open some more, but that's where we stand today. That's amazing. That's a lot. That's yeah. it. That's amazing. I just, yeah. this is such a story of like, you didn't just find your truth in Amsterdam. You went and then lived <laughs> you your truth. No matter what it is. <laughs> you found <laughs> it. people. <laughs> you found it, but then you, you took the action to live it. And we are very action oriented clicks over here. We don't believe, we were like full blown. We're like, if you're not in action, you're just talking about it. And I love this story so much because it's such a demonstration of like, yeah, when you feel that hit of inspiration and that recognition, that like remembrance, oh, this is, this is who I am. The greatest gift you can give yourself and the world and 
it to impact people is to now go and share that with others and go create something. So I yeah. love yeah, I this that story. Part. I think we're going to have to uh, go take a trip to Texas, Madison. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not be into that. They, they, have, <laughs> they, have one in, they have one in Austin. I have a good friend who lives in Austin. So we could, we could, we could do that. And so, and so Jackie, so I love that you've known each other since high school. That's so amazing. So Jackie, John is... <laughs> living his truth. He's in Amsterdam. He's opening these swinger clubs. How did you get in? How did you discover that this was your truth as well? Man, (laughs) it was like so far from what I thought my truth was. Mm. I thought my truth was, you know, graduating high school, go to college, (laughs) meet a guy, get married, buy a house, have kids, white picket fence, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I tried that twice. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Right. So I was outside my second divorce. I was convinced my picker was broken. I don't Mm. know how to do this. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to have a relationship where I felt fulfilled, but I didn't know exactly what was missing from it. Other than the fact that I got married and I thought all of these things were supposed to fall in place and that I would be incredibly satisfied, and I just wasn't. But (laughs) it was like I was so naive, I didn't realize it was kind of the sexuality side of me that was missing. Because Mm -hmm. I, I just, I didn't know how to relate it from how I grew up. So here I am outside of my second divorce, and I'm on Facebook. I mean, this is just such a cheesy story. I'm on Facebook. I <laughs> come across a picture. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I come across this picture that's super random. It's just a like a silhouette of these birds. And I like it. And I notice it's John's. And I haven't talked to the guy in 30 years, but yeah. we're getting ready for our 30-year high school reunion. So people from school are starting to reconnect. And I liked it. And he responded and we kind of bantered back and forth. And then we got on private messaging. And then he was like, well, can I call you? Six days later, he flew from Tampa, which is where he moved right after high school, came back to Kansas, which is where we both lived. And three months later, we were married. <laughs> I mean, it was just, and oh my gosh. It, what was so crazy is he was like the first person that gave me permission to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about like some fantasy stuff. I don't know. I was a little bit older in life. I'd, yep. you know, I'd been married twice. There's, I was like, what is going on? What am I missing? And here's this guy that's just in this open relationship. And he was really encouraging me of my authenticity, you know, because when we talk about fantasies, that's what I thought they always were going to remain as a fantasy. But he was mm. like, well, oh, so you want to try a threesome? Let's make that happen. I was like, Whoa, mm. wait, we can't actually good make that happen, right? <laughs> so it was like, he was okay with me expressing who I was and mm. having friendships and, you know, just being me. It was, yeah. ugh, it was, it was amazing. He hooked me in real quick. <laughs> I love you in. You're like, I'm little, crying. Little, little did you know your soulmate was in your high school class. <laughs> and, and like super open. Mm. I mean, like so far off my radar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So for, a, for yeah. anyone who's listening, I always love to hear this answer. Like, what exactly is swinging? I think, is it just swapping with another couple? Like, what's the difference between swinging, polyamory, open? Is it all the same? Like, what is your guys' definition of this? You know, I think 
for a long time, I just heard the word swinger. Then all these new terms started coming up probably in the last five to 10 years. Okay. But it, you know, when I got started in this 30 years ago, swinger really encompassed, it was like the big umbrella encompassing open relationships and polyamorous relationships, other kind of, you know, relationship models you have out there. Yeah. Uh, today, I think people think of swinging more as uh, more sexual, you know, a couple swapping with another couple or, or it could even be soft swap, meaning there's no sex between the two couples. Uh, full swap, meaning they they do have penetration with the other couple. Um, so I think that's what people really relate it to. But it's really more than that. I think it's a consensual non-monogamy encompasses all of those things. Mm. Poly, open, swinging, uh, voyeurism. I mean, really so many different. To our clubs today, there used to be just swingers, essentially true swingers that would come. Today, it's everybody, people from all walks of life and with okay. different definitions of their relationship. Okay. Mm. Okay, cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause Madison and I are talking, she's like, swinging is just when you swap with another couple. I'm like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, I'm a polyamorous married queer woman. I came out of my marriage at 24 years old. And so that's what, that's was in within the last five years. And so all these more, you know, these other terms, as you pointed out, right? Like Hey, 20 years ago, we just called it swinging. It was really simple, right? Yeah, yeah. Like now we got, <laughs> now things are just like so complicated. It's like we have a term for everything, pronouns, et cetera, right? So, uh, the, you know, and I love the, love the, um, <clears throat> the calling it consensual non monogamy for our listeners here today and really like emphasis on the consensual. Yes, for sure. Um, cause, you know, Lindsay, Lindsay and I have both had the experience of when it's not consensual. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and my experience of in the lifestyle is, is very much when I've hung out with people who identify as swingers over this course of these last five years, it's very much been in a sexual context. So like mm-hmm. we are going to go on this date with this other married couple, we're going to swap skis, whatever <laughs> varying degree of swap skiing happens. And so that's my point of relatedness to it. And I go, I really just, I call myself polyamorous and like what that looks like is, I'd spend a lot of time with lovers without my husband. We're not doing things. Like I have a boyfriend. I have like three boyfriends, but like, you know, it's like, <laughs> and a girlfriend and like, I have, but he's also a pilot. He's gone 60% of the time. And so that's just opened up recently of like, wow, I have all this space. So where we used to only play with each other and with couples, it's actually so rare where you're playing together these days. It's like when we're together, when we're playing, we're just having sex with each other, which has become a whole new level of excitement and very interesting uh, yeah, oh, it sounds out, like it. Really going to parties and clubs and and being with other couples, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious, like, is there a way? Is swinging swinging is encompassing of even if you're single? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. We get right. a lot of singles in the club, and you know, it's it's very difficult. I think uh, yeah. if you're trying to connect with with another couple. Us as a couple, we have to, I have to like her, she has to like him, he mm-hmm. has to like her, she has to like right. me. So there's all this going on. Yeah, It doesn't always click. Right. So we prefer being, like, if it's the two of us, we prefer being with a single person. Mm. That way, just, we have to like that person. Yeah. And then, uh, and we also play openly, so or separately. Right. Okay. 
Yeah. That's it's, it's much easier. The other one gets kind of complicated sometimes. Yeah, but. like oh, finding yeah. finding so. the perfect couple to swap with is like winning the lottery, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it so is. I feel like it's happened less times than it has like then it's worked out fewer times than it has. Worked. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And when it happens, it's like, oh my God, we all like each other. This is yes. wild. <laughs> yeah. <This is> bananas. <laughs> well, a miracle. And and so and so inside of that, let's talk a little bit about um, especially in clubs, because I think this is a big misconception. Like I recently was at like, I'll call it like a normie party <laughs> and I was in a, <laughs> in a hot tub. These were, you know, I would say like, I call like people that aren't swingers <laughs> like uneducated in a way because this guy, I was in a hot tub and without consent just totally grabs my ass. And it, and it, and I was, you know, I was under the influence. It like ruined my night and like, and then we, t- I told my friends about it and they're like, we don't know. Like they didn't know if they believed me. And I was like, this would never happen at a sex party <laughs> because of no. consent. So let's talk a little bit about, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about swinger mm-hmm. etiquette and consent. And, and, and you guys were kind of digging into it, like how to talk about boundaries. Um, can, we, can we talk a little bit about that? Like, what is it like at a swingers club inside of like etiquette and consent? And what are the rules? We've been doing Clit Talk for a while now, over 200 episodes to date, and we have had an influx of new Clitorati, and we still have our consistent OG Clitorati tuning in every week. So we've created a free gift for you. It's called Clit Talk Cliff Notes, the no BS guide to self-pleasure and sexual intimacy. And we're really giving you our best highlight reel of sex tips. We have combined our top sex hacks to give you confidence, communication, orgasms, and the ability to take your pleasure game from zero to 100 real quick and blow any partner's mind in bed. Included in this banging free gift is two free audio trainings, self-pleasure is self-love, and our hottest sex tips. We also have unreleased episodes and a fan favorite from our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass, an erotic visualization, and a video on orgasmic breathing. Oh, yeah. Mm. So to get a little taste of what we do here, you definitely want to sign up for Clit Talk Cliff Notes. Just go to clittalkshow.com backslash guide because clitorati it is possible to have quantum leaps in your sex and empowerment with simple and impactful shifts pussy pussy it's gonna be a good one today yes i'm talking about a clit talk clit talk clit talk talking about a clit talk clit talk clit talk come on girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow bring your pussies to the show About boundaries a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> you both She's just looked at each other. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to take this question. <laughs> you know, the the important thing to remember in a swingers club is is consent etiquette is all really high up on the list mm-hmm. of expectation. Um, you're in a completely different dynamic. Um, while there will be singles in there the majority of the people in the club are going to be couples. So you're not just dealing with a female, you're not just dealing with a male mm-hmm. and, and they're not just dealing with you or your partner. They're dealing with both of you. And the goal of the evening, 
um, we've found is that everybody wants to have a good time. Everybody wants to be supportive of each other. The atmosphere with the women are all very different. We're all very supportive of the outfits. We're not, you know, it's like a no judgment zone. Mm. Um, And so if somebody tries something outside of consent or outside of that boundary of, of communication, you're going to be called on the mat for it, Mm. either by the person that you're doing it to or their partner or the community at large. Um, We have signs posted everywhere about consent, you know, no means no, yes means yes, but we can always change our mind. Um, And and there's not this kind of um, macho mentality Mm -hmm. that's floating around in the club. Because again, like I said, it's um, it's almost like it's very women centric. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean any any man in a couple that comes to the club, if you ask them, they're going to tell you they'll volunteer that the women are in charge <laughs> in these environments. And yeah. so, you know, if you're not used to that, if you're more used to being in a club or a hot tub or something and, and having somebody grab you, that's not going to be happening. Do you guys not going to be happening? Do you guys have like security at the clubs like that are like looking for that stuff? Yeah, yeah, we have uh, we call them hosts Hosts, and hostesses, and yeah, (laughs) because really we make love, not war, in our clubs. So there's not really any fights, things like that. And uh, so they, you know, they want to make sure that people are being respectful. That's really what it comes down to. You know, 20 years ago, we didn't. I never heard the word consent. I mean, we would, you would crawl, we would tell people as giving a tour, you crawl into this mattress here. If there's a couple next to you and you want to play with them, reach over and touch her on her, or her ankle or her calf. And, and if she doesn't pull away, then it's probably a sign that she, she's okay. And you scoot over closer. So oh, it was wow. really more of these signals, I think that happened. Whoa. And then, you know, as time goes on and things come out in the news, oh, you know, then there's consent. And so we definitely now in a tour, we, any, t- you have to consent for permission to watch. Right. You have to consent for permission to touch. And some people, you know, some people are really, they want to have consent to hug. And I mean, I'm not that way. Anybody can hug me. Right. And so you just get to know somebody and then where their lines of consent are. But it's very respectful. And that's what the hosts look for in there is to make sure people are being respectful of other people. That is so, it's so fascinating to hear about that. Because obviously we're a little bit newer to this, (laughs) to hear about the evolution of like, there was just like touching someone's ankle was the symbol before. That's so fascinating. I love that. (laughs) So fascinating. Because I'm just thinking like, if I was in, in, in an environment like this, which happens frequently, Right. And someone were to touch me on my leg while I'm with another lover, I at first would be a little offended. Like I'd be like, <laughs> You're interrupting me. <laughs> I'm on the brink of orgasm, Mofo. Like now I'm distracted by you. Now I have to start over. I have to start over. <laughs> right. Um, and actually, it's really interesting as I was at a play party uh, in community for a friend's birthday a few weeks ago, and there was an attractive man that I've seen at these parties before. I think the most we've exchanged ever is like, hi, hi, this is my name. This is my name. We've never, I don't even know where he's from. Right. And so at this party, I see this attractive man and in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, he's cute. Maybe he came up to me and he did not say hello. He was just like, you look really sexy tonight. I was just instantly triggered. I was like, you fucked up. You did it, John. Like, no, yes. like, no, like, no. You fucked the up. The rest of the night, I just avoided him. I was like, nope. And I don't know what that was. It was like, I guess 
I don't know if I've grown a sensitivity to it or if it's just, I like a, uh, my preferences. Um, uh, my, I, it really showed me that, wow, okay, in the past, I would not have been triggered by that. I would have been like, yes, tell me I'm sexy right upon saying hi to me. But in this instance, it felt like a breach of consent. I was like, we don't, we haven't even hugged. Do you remember my name? And I wanted to be like, remembered. It was like, that was more of a turn on for me than being complimented on my physical appearance. And based off my outfit, I was like, state the obvious. Okay. <laughs> state the obvious right now. Okay. I am in lingerie. Great. The best thing you could say is you look really sexy today. Okay. <laughs> Creativity. It turns me on. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So this is, it's so amazing though, to hear it. Cause we really are, we're full blown in our like ex- explorations at this point, right? With this podcast, but the journey has been five years. So it's such a unique privilege to be sitting here with you and hearing about this evolution. And to your point, it's like, it took a lot of breakdown in this culture, in this society that we've been in over the last couple of decades to have words for things, right? And it's, that's really interesting to me. Mm. It's like, we've, we've, we've had to, create terminology because of some of these major ruptures that have been going on in in society. society. Yeah. 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 Um and, and and speaking of which, like some something that we talk a lot about on this podcast is releasing shame. And I know that you you guys are actually coaches and you and you work with couples. And there was a quote that um you had and you said shame and how it holds us back from fully experiencing and enjoying the lifestyle. And you talk about that you do coaching with couples and a lot of women openly share about how shame hits them hard. Um, and I am just curious, like, have you guys struggled with any shame? What's your best advice for those who are challenged by this? And I'm also curious, are you open in your like with your families and your community, or is this something that is like, like, like I think a lot of people keep it secret, right? It's, and it's interesting. We were talking to somebody and they were like, okay, so LGBTQIA is, you know, open, but why is there no P for polyamory or swingers? Like, why is that sexual preference? There's still a lot of, I would say, shame around it for people. There is absolutely, and uh, there's a, a stigma with society about consensual non-monogamy. And I mean, you can still lose your job for coming out as a swinger. Yeah. Where you may not, if you probably won't, if you come out as gay. Right. Or or if they found out that you cheated on your wife, you're probably going to be able to keep your job. Just keep it quiet. Right. And uh, with with we know many many people have lost jobs because of the lifestyle that they're in, which is really wrong. Um, I think uh, for Jackie. When we started talking, she was really naive. So we grew up in Wichita, Kansas. So it's kind of a you know a small town in yeah. the Midwest and I mean, smaller than most other cities around the country. And uh, we were going to meet her mom. And I had this experience dating people. They would find out what I do and they would just, yeah, my parents aren't going to like that. And we wouldn't date very long. And the parents would find out and then they would really, we wouldn't date very long. And mm. so I told Jackie, I'm like, you know, when your mom finds out, I wonder what she's going to th- think about me and us. And she goes, I already told her. I'm like, what? You told your mom what I do? She goes, yeah, what's wrong with that? I'm like, she worked for a bank. She told the bank and they, they embraced her. I couldn't even believe it. (laughs) She's like, that's, that ship has sailed, my love. (laughs) My mom already knows. (laughs) And I've been in the press a long time. So I gave up trying to hide it from my family a long, long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, and Jackie never has cause she didn't know any better. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been that. open, we've been open for a long time and, and, but a lot of people can't. And that's 
One of the reasons why we're out and open is so we can help those people maybe someday be free to share who they are, you know, if it comes up and not, not be worried about it. And the shame thing, it's tough, you know, and, and you, you speak of women, men have shame too. They're yeah. just not so apt to speak about it because there's still stigma about, you know, maybe it's bisexual shame, for instance. And here in the United States, there's still a stigma about men being bisexual. Absolutely. We, I mean, we, we glorify bisexual women. Men do. I mean, we, we want always our fantasy, uh, you know, a threesome with two women. And, um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you have that fantasy as a guy, you know, a woman and, two, and another guy. I mean, that's not going to go over very well in the United States. Although in Europe, you definitely, it's more prevalent. Mm, and okay. So men deal with it too. And I think they, uh, maybe even to more of a degree than women when it comes to bisexuality. Because they're really afraid to share if they have any desire whatsoever. Yeah. And whereas women might share it with their girlfriends or their, you know, it's, it's definitely their spouse. And, yeah. and be able to work their way through it. Yeah. Mm. And so, and so what, what do you think it would take to have, cause really this is a sexual preference. I, I, my person, I'm just going to speak for myself. I think it's a sexual preference. Like you said, just like being bisexual or just like being gay. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think it's going to take to have this recognized in a way that's not so taboo? I want to echo adding to that question. Like, do we add a letter to LGBTQIA, right? Add the P. I think the, <laughs> I think the first thing we have to do is we have to stop treating it like an activity. Mm. This isn't just something we're choosing to do. We're not just swingers because it's fun. This is like John said. This is who I am. This is the truth of who I am. Yeah. It's 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 mm-hmm. um, a genetic design. I mean, we we aren't who we are by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean. The way a man looks, the way a woman looks, isn't by accident. You know, we don't have these zones that are purely for pre- pleasure by accident. <laughs> Thank God. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, there's a reason a woman can have multiple orgasms. That's not by accident. That's mm-hmm. by design. And so for us, for those of us that are that are in the lifestyle, which is what we call it, mm-hmm. We have to stop treating it, you know, like it's just this thing we do on the weekends. Mm, Um, You know, I don't tell my family because it's just this thing I do on the weekends or whatever. Like that is the most ridiculous thing because you're that all week long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really are. Um, You know, my my belief has always been I'm going to tell you who I am. You're not going to tell me who I am. Mm. And that's what we need to do. We have to be more vocal. This isn't about, oh, this is what I do in private. Um, mm. We have to be willing to say for for our own sanity and for our jobs and for society and for the next generation, we have to be able to say this is something worth celebrating I mean, there's just too much scientific evidence nowadays. We we really can't ignore it. We can't act like it's not there anymore. And especially for those that are involved in it. And again, that's why John said, that's why we do this. I mean, the people that come to me and say, oh, I was outed by somebody. I'm always telling them, congratulations, your life (laughs) can start now, right? You can be who you are. But it's not going to change. People, you know, the morality clauses that teachers have to sign or people in the military or any 
of these people. It's going to continue to be like that until we stop. I mean, we yeah. have to kind of right. have that Harvey Milk moment, right? Yeah. Where we stand up and say no more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's, it's so fascinating because we did our whole second season is all, up, I'm, I'm sure you heard the book, um, uh, Sex at Dawn. Sex at Dawn. Right. Yeah. And, and it's yeah. so fascinating when you actually look at the biology of humans. And for most of our existence, we were not monogamous. Right. And, and, and I yeah. get it. I get having like a primary partner in this culture. I think, I think that works for a lot of people. But I do think that it's why has it become this shameful thing when it's how humans existed for most of our existence? It's so crazy right. to me. Yeah. Preach. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think especially for women, right? Yeah. You know, because we're taught the opposite oftentimes of men. I'm not saying what we teach men is any better because it can be so far off the spectrum. It's <laughs> not sure. even realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? right. But for women, you know, I know for me, just even having the thought that I could materialize some of my desires seems so far outside the realm of possibility. I was right. like, what? And then even when John was like, let's do it. I'm like, okay, so what are you going to think of me? What am I going to think of me? And what does all of that mean? Mm -hmm. Can I be this thing without having this negative label? Wow. This is, this is, I just got like a a flashback to something. I haven't thought about this in years. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. I remember when I first told, I forget who I was talking to, but I was letting them know that I was going to my first sex party with my partner and like we were, we were intending to penetrative (laughs) sex. That's just true. Yeah. We go to, we do that together. I'm the one that got her started. (laughs) She created what we call me now. She gave me a new name. She's like, you're like the Beyonce of polyamory. You're Polyonce. You're Polyonce. <laughs> that was the greatest acknowledgement really I've ever is. gotten in my fucking life. I literally cried, screamed like the whole nine years. Came a she, little bit. I got her started, but she has surpassed me. <laughs> and just for y'all's information, I did tell both my parents about that with like a proud little girl. Like I was like, you guys, I have a new name. I'm Polyonce. <laughs> I've, been, I've been over with it. They're like, that's so perfect for you. We love it for you. But what I, this person, I told this person we we're going to have penetrative sex for the first time with different people. It was like, that was the moment, right? It was where we hadn't actually had penetrative sex with other people yet. And this person said something to me. They were like, you know, I've heard that some couples can never look at each other the same way ever again. Yeah, because they're turned on. (laughs) (laughs) Right, they love you more. And I remember going into this with this, like thinking like, oh my gosh, I guess like this is a gamble, right? Like we could be one of those couples who like the second we see each other penetrate somebody else, we, we won't be able to feel that for each other again. And I almost imagine this is like a myth. I'm curious if that like, that's a, that's something that you see across clients who have that, like this, these fears, like maybe some misbeliefs, like there's, there's misbeliefs and, um, and myths around penis size as you know, right. And like, there's, there's a lot of myths around, uh, open relationships. Like, is this something that you hear from people where they're like genuinely concerned? Like, what if my partner can never look at me the same way again, after I try this for the first time. Absolutely. There's definitely that fear with most new couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think probably most of them have that fear of what if he kisses her better than I kiss or, mm. you know, he has sex with her better. And with most couples that reach a roadblock, even though they may, they may be uh, in the lifestyle for a while, something may crop up that triggers them to feel a certain way or have that jealous feeling or nervous anxiousness about their partner leaving them. And they'll come to us and that's, we have to kind of take a step back and really look at the, the, the real fears and the unfounded fears. Cause a lot of them are unfounded. I mean, 
she's not going to leave me because the guy kisses better than me, I hope. <laughs> no. Hopefully I bring more to the table than just that. Yeah. So. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, I can totally relate to that. Like I've, you know, my best kisses or sexual experiences isn't necessarily with my husband. Love him. He's, a, he's my person. And yeah, I had to let go of that fear a couple of years ago. Um, and even with my partner, husband's girlfriend right now, like I am clear they are like the most ideal match on the planet and I'm his life partner. And I've just like surrendered to the, I can only imagine how life-changing their sex is. And for the first time in this five-year journey, the idea of him enjoying sex more with another woman doesn't trigger me. In the past, oh, talk to me two great. years ago, I would have cut a bitch. I would have literally <laughs> cut a bitch or something else. I don't know. No, yeah. It's- so it's been a real breakthrough, um, but it wasn't easy to get to there. Lots of lots of couples support, poly coaches. Like I would definitely say for our listeners listening, we, have, we know a lot of you have been wanting to try this out and there's been something stopping you, right? And I would say having a coach to go through this with is a great way to support you in, in your sustainability throughout it. You do not need to do this alone. Me and Lindsay did not go through our journey of opening up alone. Fuck well, that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I, <laughs> sure. I guess I'll just, I'll just be totally, I'll be totally vulnerable here. Um, and I, I, th- I was mentioning this a little bit before the podcast and I was talking um, with Jackie and John. So uh, this is in my last relationship, my ex-boyfriend, um, it, the way I was introduced was a bit traumatic. He basically went to Vegas, cheated on me, and then demanded we start going to sex parties. And that, and then I was like, okay, I'm an open person. I can do this. And I went and I enjoyed it. But then there was no aftercare. And if I if I was getting jealous, he was like, sort yourself out, like blah, blah, blah. And the whole experience really sort of traumatized me. But I was still in that space when I met my now fiance, who's amazing and has been so generous with me. (laughs) The first threesome we had was with another man, you know? So he's been really patient with me. And And I was telling John, I was like, I really get that this is his truth. And so I'm working through to open, to like dip my toe back in. Like we're gearing up. I'm like, okay, let's go to a sex party. Let's do this again. And he's not even interested. Like Madison, you know, Pollyanse is like, on an, like she's got boyfriends and stuff. He's not even wanting that. He's just like, <laughs> I just want the occasional threesome a few times a year. And so do you know, for anyone who maybe be in a similar position or maybe just me, like, do you guys have any advice of like, I feel like, it's in my head a little bit, right? I just feel like I just need to rip off the bandit because I know once I get started, I'm going to like it because I've liked it in the past, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but there is that well, fear. <laughs> like now that I love this person, I'm like scared to go back there a little bit and I don't even know why. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I know for me, and again, you know, like I said, I was raised really religious, very conservative. So I had... I had a playbook for how relationships are supposed to unfold, and it was very monogamous. And what I realized within that monogamous playbook is it's we create a very fragile picture of relationships, Mm. right? So we're always on guard. We're always on the lookout. Don't talk to him. Who are you talking to? What are you wearing? What what if you're going to leave me? What if this happens? It's it's just we're always just like right at the edge of that waterfall. We're just waiting for that thing to push us over the edge. And what's interesting about open relationships is it really challenges you against that narrative. But if that's a narrative that's been drilled into you for decades, that's a hard 
that's a hard switch to flip. Yeah. To not have that, you know, and I know that that was something that I struggled with when we first opened up our relationship to a more polyamory kind of, uh, you know, space. I, I struggled with, you know, just the amount of time John was spending with somebody or what they were saying to each other and what that meant to our relationship. You know, I couldn't figure out how to incorporate all of that to make it work Mm. to where I didn't feel like I was spiraling out of control. Right. (laughs) You know, so your comment about having that objective person, that person that's been trained to help you walk through that, whether they're a therapist for, you know, the poly world or they're Mm -hmm. just, you know, open enough to to help you get through to those triggers that you have. Yeah. Right. So now you've got stuff that's triggering you. Mm -hmm. And now you're just responding from a trauma base. Right. And that happens before you can even stop it. And then it takes you 20 minutes to calm Mm. back down from that. So it's not so much about you pushing yourself through that. It's about understanding what's happened and where your boundary is and mm. what you're willing. Because a boundary isn't about saying, this is what my partner can do and not do. It's about where do I stop and start and mm. what am I okay with? Ooh, I love so it's that. about you being able to tell your partner, this is what I'm comfortable doing and being able to volley that ball over into their court and let them do with it what they want. Mm. You know, to have the confidence one way or the other. Yeah. What are your That's, boundaries? Yeah. 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 So then, that. then everybody, then it feels more not fair, but it feels like everybody's on the same level playing field right. and we're all working with the same information instead of somebody trying to push and somebody's trying to pull and then it's, then it's just out of sync. Yeah. The other thing is we see couples where, <clears throat> You know, maybe I'm okay with her uh, kissing somebody, but she's not okay with me kissing somebody. Mm. And it doesn't have to be equal. If I'm okay right. with her kissing, go ahead and kiss. It doesn't mean I have to. She says, oh, I can give her the space and the time to get used to me doing other things without having to kiss. And then maybe right. we'll push that boundary at some other point or talk about it later. Yeah, it doesn't have to be tit for tat. Like everything, it doesn't no. have right. to be mm. equal or fair. Yeah, yeah, that's really and that's important. something that... Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I've like really come to realize is like at first we want to be like, well, you're doing this, so I should do this. Right. We're not the same. Right. And literally with my 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 husband has this, he, he's met his other soulmate, this woman he wants to also spend the rest of his life with. She's fucking awesome. I love her so much. <laughs> She's so dope. Um, okay, done bragging about her. She's amazing. Shout out to you, boo. Um, however, I have like three boyfriends and a girlfriend. Um, and my husband was like, I'm feeling like this is a lot. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm polyance. <laughs> Tell me more. And for him, he was looking really at the surface level of like, well, you have four and I have one. And I was like, yes. And all my four people, they're not exclusively available to me like your girlfriend. You and your girlfriend say, I love you every day to each other for weeks. Like, you know, you talk every day. I don't have that with any of my individual. That's not my expression, A. Eh? <laughs> One of my boyfriends is a rock star, so he's not here that often either. So, right, it's like, I'm like, I don't necessarily have the same dynamic with my relationships. And so I I get that numerically it's not the same, but I do feel energetically it's balanced. That although I might have these four relationships and you have this one, that energetically there is this balance. And once we had gone to that conversation, he was like, 
Oh, yeah. And I sort of said, imagine if I removed one from the equation and I showed him the domino effect of what that would create and how that would impact my other relationships and how really these four people are the equivalent of his one girlfriend in the energetics. Anyways, I won. He got it. And so I was like, <laughs> cool. I should have been a lawyer, dude. <laughs> I'm seeing a pattern with you, though. Rock star that's hardly ever here. Yeah. Pilot that's only here 40% of the time. Ooh. What else do we have? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I guess I like, I, I just went to Burning Man for my first time ever. And I went alone. I went without my husband. And it was it was the spiritual medicine. It was the medicine that I needed that I didn't know that I even needed. I didn't even want it. I was like the kind of forced to go. Like it just happened for me. I was given tickets. Like it was like, I, it got, how's this happening? And, um, it really, my takeaway from that is, wow, I, Madison fucking crushes it when she is just her own being. And I got married. (laughs) I met my husband when I was 20. He's 16 years older than me. And I feel like I'm single for the first time in my life, really, as a 28-year-old woman getting to live, like, my life. And I do have all this. It's, like, so hot. I I call it, like, hot goddess, hot goddess um, mode. I don't know. I've just been really having so much fun. I've never felt that I've had this freedom before to bounce around to all my different lovers and experience this life. My mom makes fun of me. I I pick up the phone. She goes, how are you? Let me guess. I'm thriving. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Susan. (laughs) We love you, Sue. Uh, Oh my God. Well, obviously everyone is not at the level that Madison is at quite yet. We get, we get a lot of questions of people who are really just, they're listening to this podcast and they're like, I'm curious about this. How how do people get started, right? Like, how do they find swingers clubs? How do they create a community? How do they, like, convince their partner? How do they even broach that subject with their partner <laughs> and convince their partner to go to a swingers club? What's your best advice? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't, I'm not about convincing your partner to do anything. <laughs> you both have to be on board with it. But talking yeah. about it, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe start with talking about maybe not swapping, but maybe, you know, watching some porn together. Maybe try some things that you haven't done before together. I, mm. I, you know, we never know where a couple stands in their sexuality with each other. Right. I know couples that have never even experimented with, with sex toys. It's like, come on, go take her to the to the lingerie store, the toy shop, and buy some and have fun and see what happens, you yeah. know? So you definitely have all levels of people in their experiences. How to find parties and clubs. There's, there's some uh, dating sites online. Uh, not necessarily phone app type, but, you know, on, on your laptop and sdc.com, casty.com. Uh, those are sites where you have uh, a, out there on the West Coast, uh, lifestylelounge.com is a good one. Ooh. And it's where people will will get on there, mostly couples, but also singles, uh, profiles, talking about all of their likes and dislikes and what they're looking for. And yeah. it'll also list parties and clubs in your area around the world. Okay. So anywhere you travel to, you can pop up on there and say, okay, what's going on here in Berlin, Germany this weekend? And you'll see some parties or clubs that might, you know, cater to people like us. So Great. Oh my gosh, I love that. And and you also, you have your clubs and you are also coaches. So where's the best pe- place for people to connect to you to if they're in the Texas area or wherever your clubs are to find your clubs? What's the best way for people to connect to you on coaching or yeah. clubbing? <laughs> so the, the clubs are all, the, the brand is Colette, C-O-L-E-T-T-E. It's colletteclubs.com. You can find any of the clubs there, the calendars of our parties, events that we have going on. Yes. And then for Jackie and I, you can reach us at openlove101.com. And from there, you can email us uh, directly and 
will respond. Amazing, amazing. And you have your and you also have your podcast, Open Love 101 is also your podcast as well, right? We do. So yeah. it's we have audio and I think like YouTube do we have a YouTube channel where the video is playing. Great. Yeah. You guys have a lot of fantastic videos. So definitely go check out their website. They have some really amazing videos. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us about, about this. I feel like I've actually learned a lot of this episode that I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is always fun. So um definitely check out their podcast and their website. If anyone's looking for coaching on this, they have some really great resources and they also do personal coaching. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for um, just being an advocate for this, for normalizing this conversation, because I feel like obviously we feel strongly about it (laughs) on a personal level. And I just think that, you know, anytime we can have conversations like this, there's somebody who's listening that's like, okay, I'm not a freak. I'm not a weirdo. And and they don't feel alone. So I thank you so much for for being advocates for that and for just helping us normalize these, these sexy conversations. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you guys too for having us on. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. All right. (laughs) And with that clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you liked this and are curious about our Clit Talk curriculum, we have a wait list for our upcoming free workshops and our Sex and Empowerment Signature Masterclass in 2022. Nothing like starting the new year guided by pleasure. Sign up for the wait list to come tap into your pussy sanctuary with Katie, myself, Sugar, and Lindsay at www.clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist. That's clittalkshow.com backslash waitlist.